Vertex Community Bank Studios. Someone uh, texted yesterday and told us all the reasons that they remembered Derek Bell. And I, I, for some reason, didn't read it. But uh, took a lot of uh, pride in that one. I appreciate that text. I'm really sad you didn't save that one. Appreciate the heck out of that text. Tony, Tony Lone Star, I would say personally, he, Stroud, underwhelmed a bit just because everybody wants him to succeed, as do I. Uh, we wanted to win. Him look, wanted him to look great. In doing so, not lose. Looking mediocre. Definitely makes me question if Stroud was the right choice. Look, def- like I'm not going to say that C.J. Stroud was the wrong choice at any point in the first... 10 games. Like, like C.J. Stroud has a long runway to make mistakes for me. Like, maybe that sounds hypocritical based on what I've been saying, what I said yesterday, but Stroud has a long runway. The, the problem that I have is that he better win games or the opportunity cost of Stroud Anderson is very, very high. Uh, he says also, Tony Lone Star, not sold on him yet. Okay, you shouldn't be. Like, you shouldn't be sold on a rookie quarterback in their first game. It's going to take time. And, and it goes the other way, too. Like, if C.J in a hypothetical world, went out there and threw three touchdowns and they beat the Ravens by 10 points, you can't also overreact in the other direction. Like, I, we all, I'm, I don't want to speak for everyone, I'm picking them to beat the Colts this weekend. I can't wait to watch that game. I think we all three said yeah, that, I think that we, was yeah, one of the wins. I thought so. I think, like, they're all, I, I think they're going to beat the Colts this weekend. And I expect C.J. Stroud to have a much better game. I expect them to find the end zone for the mo- first time this season a couple times. But you can't then come in like the next week and be like, "Oh my God, he's the best quarterback ever!" Like this, it's no. a process. It's no. a process. I think, like again, I like C.J. Stroud. Think he's going to be good. Love his mentality. Love his demeanor. Saw a lot of things in Week One where you can see his potential. Saw a lot of things where you can tell that he's a rookie. My biggest issue is crowning him. Like you can't crown him after that game. No, you just give him a passing grade for one. Sure. Game. Yeah, and that's. Because there's going to be so many other ways that he's going to be scrutinized in the next year, two years, week after week. We said, this guy's in the crosshairs every play of every game that that he plays this entire season because there's so much riding on it. There's so much on the line. There's so much that they have to deal with because of the fact that it's, it's not only what's done is done with the trade. It's this, your entire future in a nutshell is riding on what this guy can, is capable of doing and what he does. 713-780-3776. Go back out to the HRMP listener line. Keyshawn, you're in the hive with the Killer Bees. What's up, Keyshawn? Thank you for actually taking the call. I just want to say that it's actually fair to compare him right now. He's a professional, and he get paid to do what he does. So you got to see if you can rise up to that level. Appreciate it, Keyshawn. And look, I don't expect him to be at their level yet. I just want to see the journey. I want to yeah, see it's the a work in progress. But like, and, and the other issue that I have with like giving him a, a complete pass. Well, he's a rookie. He, he's not. He's not supposed to be good. But he's a rookie. Like the Texans' win loss record matters, obviously, because of their 2024 draft pick belongs to Arizona. Also, like if D'Amico Ryan's made mistakes in that first game, are we going to give him a complete pass? Like Todd, the show yesterday was criticizing some of the decisions that D'Amico Ryan's made. Like he's a professional; he's in his first year as a head coach. I understand he's not a kid. I understand he's not his first year out of college. But we're critical of D'Amico Ryan's. Bobby Slowick called his first ever game as an offensive play caller. He got crucified for the way he performed yesterday. We're looking at Will Anderson, and we're stacking him up against some of the best pass rushers in the NFL. So, like, it's kind of a it's kind of a catch twenty two. It's kind of it absolutely me, is, honestly. Yeah, because of the fact that we're going to do it two different ways. We're going to do it a multitude of different ways. We're going to do it week to week. We're going to do the body of work. We're going to do, you know, based on what, you know, he has and doesn't have injury-wise and or roster-wise as well. But then you look at it and you say, look at, let's look at some recent history, too. You can look at guys that got out of the box quick, to Joe's point. 
and really played their tails off, especially their entire first rookie season. RG3, Vince Young. Dak. Dak. They played their tails off. Dak continued to play well. Some of the other guys did not. But on the flip side with Trevor Lawrence, he was tra- taken number one overall. His first year was basically a disaster. Yeah, Peyton Manning. The Peyton Manning again. Troy Aikman didn't win. He had won one. Did he go? Uh, did he win a game or? Uh, I was. I was if, or if he over. did, it might have been one. I can't remember. Zero they, or one. They they flipped the script and they turned out to be great. So that's why it's so tough to say when do you truly grade them against the rest of the yeah. league. I, I agree. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN HRMP listener line. Uh, four seven two six. Who do you think will look better, Deshaun's first two games or CJ's first two games? Like that's something you just mentioned. Like Deshaun, he came out of the gate swinging. Like his first game that he played in when he relieved Savage was was kind of mediocre. Like it right. was very like it wasn't good. But then after that, he went on that tear. Like, and we he, we were like, whoa, they yeah. really got one with this guy. He went he went nuts. So I. Now, Deshaun's rookie year is cut short. Only started six games, played in seven because he tore his ACL after the Astros won the World Series. Deshaun sacrificed that ACL for the Astros World Series. Lamont actually said that. Lamont said that yeah. right away? Yeah, right after it happened. He, er, er, right before he said, would you sacrifice? Oh, before he tore it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, I saw somebody on Twitter yesterday call their shot on uh, Rodgers, too. Like Somebody tweeted really? that he's going to tear his Achilles on this uh, wet turf. And then it actually... Yikes, what was that? I don't know. I didn't like the sound of that. Uh, 713-780-ESPN, uh, HRMP listener line, 713-780-3776. The compa- I, I, there's a few quarterbacks that like we're close to that I also thought about when having this conversation. We were crushing Davis Mills. Like The caller earlier said that he was not crushing Davis Mills. I was crushing Davis Mills immediately. Like I was saying that this guy is not capable of being an NFL starter, and he had similar issues with talent around him that C.J. Stroud did. And Davis Mills was a third-rounder versus C.J. Stroud being a second-rounder. How quickly were we bashing Zach Wilson? Like That was pretty quick, pretty right? Quick. Pretty, pretty quick, quick into yep. his rookie year. When did we start bashing Trey Lance? Like That was pretty quick. Maybe not until his second year because he didn't really I get on the football field. We had heard some things, yeah. too, about the fact that Trey Lance might not be getting it. And again, Josh Rosen lost his job in a year. But the, like, was, he lost his job in a rookie season. I feel like Zach Wilson, Trey Lance were like kind of Josh Rosen-y. In their first year too, like like, and that's part of it. like they were they were so bad. Mm-hmm. Like Davis Mills was, is in that conversation too. Davis Mills was so bad. Now yeah, he's third, also, rounder yeah, he's third rounder versus a top five pick for sure. And like, but like they were so bad that like right away you knew this was a huge mistake, huge red flag. Trey Lance, it was almost like we saw how bad Jimmy Garoppolo was. So it's like, well, if Trey Lance can't beat out this guy, then like how 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 bad of a quarterback is he? It, with CJ, I think we're gonna have a pretty good idea of who he's like what his rookie year is going to look like by week six. You want to know what uh, what Zach Wilson did in his very first ever game as an NFL player? Sure. 20 for 37, 258 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. It's not it's bad. Pretty good. It's pretty good. It's not pretty bad. Good. Who did he like, play? He played Carolina. They yeah. lost by five. That's a pretty good defense. Now, they scored 14 points in that game. Now, the very next week, he threw four picks. So, like... It's a roller coaster for rookies. It's going to be a roller coaster year for C.J. Stroud, and it's not like again, it's not going to define him uh, because you brought up some points like Peyton Manning, like his awful rookie year, one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Trevor Lawrence, awful rookie year, and is probably going to reset the market here in a couple of years with a contract extension. So it does not define the player, but we're going to gradually talk about them. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Back out to the HRP listener line. Vera, you're in the hive of the Killer Bees. What's up? Hey guys, I appreciate you letting me call in. Uh, 
I want to say Dak did very well in his first season, but he also almost kind of like hit the ceiling first season. Now, the huge difference between the 2016 Cowboys and the 2023 Texans is they had um, probably the best offensive line in, in NFL at that point of time. You know, uh, Zach Martin, they had Doug Free, they had um, all these guys, right? So I, the, the offensive line was giving him all the time in the world. They had, they had, a, they had a hungry... Uh, Zeke Elliott, who wanted all the carries. This is, of course, before he got paid. So there, there was a lot of things going for him. They had, uh, they still had Des Bryant. They had other young receivers coming in, right? So that was a big difference. Now, in this case, um, I, I will say, I'll speak of the positives that the defense did show a lot of resolve. You know, they held the whole Ravens down, including Lamar's running game to less than 300 yards total offense. Uh, so that was very good. Yep. Uh, the issues was whenever we turned the ball over, we, we did it in our side of the field, so that did help. But um, I don't think they also completely opened up the book for Stroud because I don't think he made any long throws. I don't remember seeing uh, any throw over 20 yards. Right? I think there was one 25-yard pass and catch by Nico Collins, but that was pretty much it. So I think this is going to be a growing, uh, there will be growing pains. Um, think like he could throw the ball away and not take a big sack, which is what he did a couple of times. But that's okay. He's a rookie. He's going to make mistakes. Uh, so we're all in it for the long run. I'll hang up and listen, guys. Thanks. Appreciate it, Vera. Look, he he broke down the game very well. Like I saw a lot of the same things. I thought Stroud struggled with the deep ball a bit. Like he was really good, like on deep slants. He hit Nico on a couple of deep slants. Like we'll get into some of the all twenty-two in a second because I watched it this morning. But again, he's a rookie, so yes, we're we're going to like have the expectations for him in his first ever game, which we're not. We told you that leading up to the right, year. Like right. He's a rookie quarterback, and we should not expect him to light the world on fire uh, right away, and, and he didn't. He had some really good moments. He had some not-so-good moments. And that's that's to be expected. The, the good thing was he came out of it where you felt better at, about the fact that he made some progress, that he looked like he, he didn't look like he was over his head. No. Nope as opposed to when you saw some of the other quarterbacks and some of the quarterbacks that have been here. But to his point about, like, you know, and you said uh, Sloak's been catching it. But the one thing that a good offensive coordinator is going to do is he's not going to put too much on his on his rookie quarterback's plate too soon. And so that had to be part of the game plan is we know that, one, he's going in with a depleted offensive line against a good defense. And, two, this is the first go-round ever in the NFL for this kid we're not going to ask him to throw it, you know, throw deep routes and, and and you know, thirty yard outs where you're going to put some touch on it and drop it in out of a out of a basket in the air into somebody, you know, into a small window. They were trying to give him the best chance to succeed with the game plan they had for him too, so they didn't hang on to it too long or get his head taken off. Yeah, I think the criticism of Slowik's a little unfair, um, and like we were critical of the you know pass run splits, like you know Stroud threw it forty four times, they ran it like twenty five times. Ideally, I'd like them to be a sixty percent run team, forty percent passing team. Difficult to do with that front seven that Baltimore has in the offensive line that you have. That's why they had so many quick passing routes, so many like screens. They were trying to get rid of the football quickly because they they did not trust their offensive line against a really good front seven um, in Baltimore. Four zero seven one should have drafted Anthony Richardson. He looked good against the a good Jags team, and he's going to be best of this class. I'm I'm intrigued to watch Anthony Richardson for a full game on Sunday, assuming he's healthy. He got banged up in that game. Uh, I think the usage of him was very, very high. He ran it 10 times in that game, took a couple of sacks, and threw it like nearly 30 times. Like that, they, Hopefully they don't run him into the ground. Um, look, everybody's going to have their favorite in that draft. Everybody's going to look at it and say, you should you could have, would have, should have. But the fact is, you got who you got, and now you got to make the best situation possible 
and try to to manage and comp and uh, make sure that you take advantage of all the skill sets that your quarterback brings. Stroud's going to do some things touch wise. Richardson can't do right now. Richardson could do some things with his legs that maybe Stroud doesn't want to, or for whatever the case, or maybe he's not capable of. But he's not that kind of quarterback. So it depends on your system, your coaching staff, and what you want for the best situation for your team. If you believe in Richardson at this point, that's fine. Yeah. See, I, I rather have Stroud. Like I, I would too. I, I believe more. Like I, I'm a big believer in that you have to have a quarterback that can win from the pocket in the NFL. And that's C.J. Stroud's game. Like He's yep. elusive. He can avoid sacks. He can buy some time by rolling out in the pocket. But he's going to beat you from the pocket. I love that about C.J. Stroud. No, I do too. And I think that the fact that when we were talking about when he was coming out, everybody lost their mind because of a game in week one or week two against Utah where he made an unbelievably athletic escape in the pocket and made a play that was all over SportsCenter. But overall, this is a guy that has to learn, and it's the toughest thing to teach. Touch in the NFL, ball placement and touch when you're throwing as a quarterback. And I don't believe that he has that. Now, can he get that? I don't know because that's something that a lot of quarterbacks say is the toughest thing to try and develop no matter how good you are in other aspects of the game. Stroud has that, and he shows that, and he can do that. And that's something that I feel much better about than taking a guy like Richardson. Yeah, he does. He has really good touch, has good precision. It's just a matter of doing it more and more and more. And I I, just, I believe that he will, based on getting reps in the NFL. 713-780-ESPN. Let's sneak in LSU Brian here. You're in the hive, LSU Brian. What's up? What's going on, guys? Hey, so I got a, I got a hypothetical for you um, question. So, uh, so yeah. You have to have – I think Stroud was the right pick. And I also believe Will Anderson, even though they gave up their own, wish they would have, you know, gave up the Browns pick for it. But I'm okay with that because the projection, what he looks like, uh, looks like he's going to be an outstanding guy. So, But for, for Stroud to be what everybody wants him to be, he's going to need a number one. I think we all agree – the, the Texans don't have a number one receiver right now. Uh, with Nico Collins and them, I think you've got some good two and three, so this is a hypothetical. Um, I don't believe Justin Jefferson is going to stay with the Vikings. So I don't know if they let his contract run out and he just leaves or if they trade him, but what would you give for him, and what do you all think the chances that he would actually choose the Texans? If he has a choice, appreciate it, guys. All right, LSU Brian, talking appreciate about it. LSU Justin Jefferson. It's LSU yeah. Brian on line one. Uh, I mean, very I, unrealistic. Completely unrealistic. I think yeah. it is because I I think this is interesting. Like in 2005, the Vikings couldn't get a deal with Randy Moss. They got rid of him. 2013, <laughs> they couldn't get a deal with Percy Harvin. They traded him. Diggs. In 2020, they couldn't get a deal deal done with Stephon Diggs. They traded him. Like the the Vikings' history tells you, they don't well keep that receiver. I, I don't I don't know how you trade Justin Jefferson, but like I mean, if you trade Moss, he's willing to trade anybody. It's like it's just it seems like that's what historically they've done is bail on these guys instead of giving them a fat contract. But, but here's the thing too, Joe, because of the fact that when I was thinking about that, I was also thinking about the fact that to to LSU Brian's question, he would love to play here. He's close to LSU. He's he, he's been in this area of the country. I don't think there's any doubt. There's nothing that says he wouldn't want to play here. But what do you have to give up to get him? Because if it's in a trade scenario, as a put free agency is one thing. You can make sure that you have the money. We've seen NFL teams that have been in cap hell that have been able to get their way out of it to get 
something done if they really were hell-bent on getting it done. The trade scenario scares me because you don't have a roster that has just about everything else there yet yeah. to where when New England made it for you know to, for Moss or, or when you're going to make a trade for a guy like that, you're ready to win now, and that's one of the mi- missing pieces you're willing to throw a lot at. Those picks matter right now for this team. Yeah, my my point of view is actually from a Texas point of view. Like, I think the Vikings could potentially lose Justin Jefferson, trade Justin Jefferson. We've seen Tyreek Hill traded. We've seen Devontae Adams traded. You name a star receiver, they've been traded. Uh, my my output or my outlook is more from a Texans point of view. Now, they did trade up for Will Anderson, made a splash move like that. But I, I, I feel like Nick Casario is kind of timid giving huge contracts. I think he'll make the bold trade. Obviously, he did on draft day. I don't know if you make a bold trade and then give a massive contract, but if you're going to do it, you better do it with a rookie quarterback on a rookie contract. And it's like the one guy of all else, like, you make the trade and the contract for is Justin Jefferson. Yeah, or Chase. Yeah, but but, but here's the question, too, guys. The way we talk about how... You try and capitalize before your quarterback signs signs their first big deal. Are we getting to a point too where if you got to pay a receiver twenty seven million dollars, yeah, it, it's better to draft him and get him under the controlled contract of a couple of years before you have to throw exorbitant amounts of money when your roster might not be ready around him. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN HRNP listener line. Watch the all twenty two earlier today. Lots of encouraging things and some things not so great. It's Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. First a moment on HRP, Human Resources and Payroll. It's Cougar owned by Mike Holly. Used to uh, protect a Heisman Trophy winner and a local pro team could probably use them. Mike Holly and HRP members of the Cougar 100 for the eighth year in a row. You've seen the HRP signage U of H games. You've seen their building off the beltway. Business owners, let HRP help you. Whether it's HR compliance, they got you covered. Benefits administration, check, payroll, they can help you there. Onboarding, well, they can do that too. HR HRP can help in any of those areas. There's no boxes with HRP. Small job, big job, they do it all. HRP completely customizes a plan for whatever you need, whatever your business needs. You have a small problem, a large issue, you want to take a little off your plate, a lot off your plate. HRP will find a way to help. They do it in a way that is unique. Technology meets service. The best of both worlds. They have the best tech. You'll love that. You'll trust that. But you'll fall in love with their service. Guaranteed fulfillment. It's not a stranger on a call board. You'll be talking to someone who knows you. They know your business needs. Look, I'm a measly employee here at Gal Media. They take care of me anytime I have a question. And they're always speedy and an easy-to-understand answer. Give them a call right now. 281-880-6525. Let HRP customize a plan for you, 281-880-6525, or check them out at hrp.net. That's HRP. Jeremy Branham. All right. Chad Henney might be a New York Jet, by the way. They're doing their due diligence on the retired Chad Henney. Is that the option they're going to go with? Uh, I mean, Chad Henney retired, so he's going to have to be talked into it. But uh, I'm interested to see what they do. Of course, Aaron Rodgers stores Achilles. We'll have a little bit of fun with that later. RG3 was like uh, petitioning for the job. Petitioning for the job on television this morning. But Carson Wentz. Uh, Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan's name were thrown out there. Throw them out the window. I mean, don't, I just don't, don't, don't bring those back in. I mean, you're going to have to bring in a quarterback. Yeah, yeah, I know who they should bring in. Flacco. He was there last mm. year. It's a different offense. He's got a giraffe neck. He lives in Houston. Davis you Mills, want him to go yeah. Davis Mills. I think they'd be more interested in Case. I do, too. I saw Case thrown around there, too. Case is going to be inducted to the Hall of Honor Thursday, so if that's going to happen, make sure it's after Thursday. Hey, he's going to die if he plays there. That offensive line was trash. That offensive it line's bad. bad. It was so bad. Rodgers was getting bad. crushed on four plays. 
That offensive line's no good. All right, I watched the All-22 today. You guys tell me where I'm losing my mind here. I had a my, – my biggest takeaway, my biggest takeaway from watching this, D'Amico Ryans is a, de- a defensive mastermind, and I'm not being hyperbolic. He is to defense what Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan are to offense. He is a wizard defensively. I cannot count the amount of times that D'Amico Ryans, because of scheme, gave the Texans a free rusher. Like, this was my favorite play at third and six. You had a pass rusting situation. You had D'Amico Ryans have three defensive linemen on one side of the ball. Will Anderson was the middleman of those three defensive linemen. He beat a right guard, which, look, Will Anderson against a right guard. I like my chances there. He's getting free rushes from Will Anderson. Jalen Petrie's lining up on the line. He's showing seven. He's blitzing four. He's showing seven. He's blitzing seven. He's bringing the house. D'Amico Ryans can scheme up a defense. Look. Best defense in the NFL last year, statistically. You wonder like how much of that is talent. Look, one game in, I understand it's only one game in, D'Amico Ryans is a defensive mastermind. Look, this is when looking at what he's able to do, and you didn't know what he was going to be able to do because he has so much on his plate. He's the head coach, and you also want him to carry over all the defensive skills that he had in San Francisco. But you look at what coaching or coaching or good coaches are supposed to do. It's like when, when Baltimore got Lamar Jackson. Are you supposed to scheme a West Coast offense and force fit a square peg into a round hole and tell them to do it? Or are you going to get the most out of the skill set that your your player brings so that you can maximize that? He got the most out of having some great defenders in San Francisco by running schemes that maximized Bosa and Warner and the guys that he had. Now he's got a different situation, but he knows what he has in Will Anderson. He knows he's got a guy in Rankins that can do some things to be disruptive in the middle of your line. So what's he going to do? Is he going to go away from those things or just run standard you know, defenses like a lovey might do in an old-school defense? Or is he going to get creative to maximize the players he has and their skill sets? That's what he's doing so far. That's what you wanted to see from him no matter what he does as a head coach. I kind of like the talent, too. Like I, I really do. Like It's tough to be bullish on a defense whenever they were really poor the last few years. That defensive line is dangerous. Yes. Will Anderson's really good. Will Anderson was a beast in film, like a beast. He was way better than his stat line on film. He he led to the interception because he put pressure on Lamar Jackson, forced him to throw it off his back back foot. Like Will Anderson is the truth. John Grenard, we need to start talking That's about two years go. ago. John Grenard, because with this defense and you're putting the Y nine, John Grenard's going to beat tackles to the edge, and then because he's a hustle guy, because he has a high motor, he's going to rack up numbers. But I was going to say it's easier to look at Anderson because everybody is. Uh-huh. But look at Grenard as a guy that D'Amico could put into a situation where he can be where he was and better than he was under Lovey. Yes, he was dinged up a year ago, but it, but when you look at what D'Amico knows, what he has. He knows he has the ability to have two edge rushers that can do some things to be disruptive in the backfield and also stop and, and seal the edge if he develops Grenard as well. Grenard got what he got in part because D'Amico put him in the same kind of situations he was putting Will Anderson in. Yeah, and them in a wide nine with their speed off the edges is going to be problems for quarterbacks and because they have a pretty strong interior defensive line That's with, with Rankin. Like they just have to get a little pressure up the middle. Now the wide nine, and because they have speed on the edges, it does make you prone to some pretty big runs if you don't get good linebacker play. And there was a couple, like, they, they were fine on the ground. They weren't great. I thought they were okay. 
But there's moments when it's like, okay, Christian Harris is late getting to the gap, and they bust out a 10-yard play. So, like, you need really good linebacker play. I was impressed with Denzel Perryman. I was impressed with Henry To'o To'o, and the Texans just released their depth chart, and they have announced To'o To'o as a starter at one of the linebacker positions. I thought Harris was actually underwhelming. I didn't think he had a good game. Yeah, to your point, the one thing that they got to be careful about, you're either late or you overcommit. Because if you overcommit early – there's a gaping hole you could drive a truck through, and whether you've got an elusive athletic quarterback or you've got any kind of running game at all, you're not going to miss that hole. And then you're going to give up. A, you're going to get gashed for seven to ten yards or more. And that's where you got to be careful because you do have defensive linemen that you didn't have a year ago. You've got guys that can make, basically take on up to two blockers or really clog up the holes that are be, trying to be created for for running backs. You just have to make sure that you don't get too overzealous and overcommit or those pass rushers don't try and pin their ears back so tight that they fall victim to a screen pass or something on the edge. Yep. I, I'm bullish on this defense, quite frankly. I think and he, there was times whenever he would trust his secondary where like he was sending seven and he was trusting his four secondary dudes. Tavier Thomas was fantastic. The singly was really good. Nelson was Nelson was good. He got beat a couple of times, but he was mostly good. Offensively, I thought there was really good moments of CJ Stroud. I, what was I I was really encouraged by CJ Stroud's ability to read defenses pre-snap. Like there's multiple times when he's like, "Okay, I can see that this is a zone defense." And immediately knows where to go with the football after a play action and he turns around one step throw. Uh, there was other times when he was a little slow with everything. Like I, I think and again, I think that this is something that's going to iron itself out after a few games where he looked like a tick slow. Like remember when we were talking about Jordan where he's like a tick off. Mm-hmm. Stroud's a tick slow. It's because the game's fast for him because he's a rookie quarterback in the NFL. There were a couple of questionable decisions. There was one play where he was able to elude, a, you know, should have been a sack. Did a great job rushing out of it. Probably had Beck deep down the left sideline. I understand you not wanting to throw to a fullback and he just heaved one up for Nico Collins. Quite frankly, should have been an interception. I believe that he's never going to make that mistake again. It was the biggest mistake he made in the game. I didn't think he was great with the deep ball. thought he was good with the intermediate stuff. It was a choppy operation. I think it's because the first time a lot of these guys playing with each other. Um, but overall, really good moments for C.J. Stroud. There were moments that were questionable. But again, this is rookie stuff, not lack of talent. So one thing, too, that I'll throw into that that Joe brought up, which is not something you're supposed to see out of a guy like C.J. Stroud and what he's known for with his skill sets of strength, is the fact that he did kind of not put the ball where it needed, right where it should have been in a couple of places. Yeah. They were low. They were out of place, which we didn't see in the preseason, where even if he's a little bit you know, mobile and he's running around or he's a little bit off balance, he still seemed to, in the preseason, find a way to put the ball where it needed to be, especially on out routes and such. He didn't do all of that against ball. Was that because he was rushed? Was that because he was happy feet in a little bit? I think so, but we'll see how it develops. Yeah, there were a few plays where it's like, okay, get the ball out there. Like, get the ball out there. You got six, seven yards on first down. Get the ball out there. Like, he was missing those. But again, I think it's lack of experience, not lack of skill. Uh, I thought the offensive line was better than we thought. Um, they didn't get abused physically. I thought where they re- really struggled was like assignment stuff. Like, oh, we have four guys rushing, but they're flooding one side of the line. We don't know our coverage is here. But because, look, Josh Jones, first time at left guard. Uh, fan, first time playing with these guys. Shaq Mason didn't have a great game. Uh, I was encouraged that the offensive line didn't get abused physically, didn't put a great product on the field. They weren't good, but at least they weren't getting beat physically. Like, it's one of those things where, hey, let's figure out our assignments. Let's figure out our zone blocking scheme. And I think they have a chance to be okay. I think they'll be better second week, third week. Plus the Baltimore Ravens defense. I was going to say, who you're playing stout. matters, too. Yeah. yeah, they were facing it from all, you know, Queen was fantastic. 
You know, they had guys coming at from all directions to where if you aren't at your very best from an offensive line perspective, it's it, it's not out of the realm of possibilities. It's going to happen just about any offensive line going up against that defense the way they're able to come at you and play. But you look at it and go, okay, you're not going to play the Ravens every single week and your offensive line is going to continue to get healthier. That's where you, again, want to see them by week four or five that you've got Howard back, that you've got you know the majority of your line starting to fall back into place. Hopefully, Juice is back by then or close to it, where you can say, okay, now it can get better. Because the guys, no matter how serviceable they were, they're serviceable for a reason. Because they're not really supposed to be out there starting. You're the, the guys you set up this off season to start. If they get together, then you should really see what CJ Stroud can do. This offensive line should get better week after week. Like mm-hmm. this, even if it's the same five. I don't know the the injury you know diagnosis with Fant, but this offensive line that you had should get better with playing together, cohesiveness, knowledge of the system, because I didn't think they were physically abused. They, they were just kind of missing blocks, missing assignments. 713-780-ESPN. Cash it or trash it? Hot takes, overreactions. We have them. Do you? We cash them or trash them? Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Do you have some cash them or trash them? Do you have some hot takes? Do you have something that you're willing to put some money on? Well, if you're going to do it, you should do it with BetUS.com. They're my favorite sports book and casino, BetUS.com. Football, as we know, is back, hot and heavy with football, and it's time to lay down your bets. I only endorse one sports book and casino, and that's BetUS.com. Why do you ask? Well, BetUS is celebrating its 30th year of sports betting service with a special offer this football season. You can get up to 30 risk-free bets. That's right. Up to 30 risk-free bets. It's called Bet Protect. If that isn't enough, BetUS offers the industry's biggest 125% sign-up bonus. That's right. The industry's biggest 125% sign-up bonus. There's more. BetUS.com offers a massive 200% crypto sign-up bonus and a 250% casino bonus. The game always gets more exciting with a bet, but you can take it to another level at BetUS.com. Live in-game betting. Do not wait. Take advantage of their 30th year offer up to 30 risk-free bets get bet protect get started today by visiting betus.com or give them a call at 1-800-MY-BET-US that's 1-800-692-3887 to learn all about their bonuses and special offers 1-800-MY-BET-US give us a hot spoonful of your opinion all right, let's cash them or trash them. Your hot tanks, your overreactions. We'll cash, we'll trash. You can play along. 713-780-3776. Blankers, why don't you do the honor? What are we cashing or trashing of yours? Well, let's keep it current with what's a hot topic right now. And it's pretty simple. It's cut and dried. Jose Altuve will finish his career as a Houston Astro. I will cash this. I will cash this. We live in an era now more than ever where players leave... Even great players. I mean, it's always happened, but now more than ever. I think that this is the one player that Jim Crane refuses to ever lose. I think Jim Crane's a businessman more than anything. I think he is uh, he's ruthless. Uh, he fired a general manager that won a World Series. I think he's cutthroat. I think he's all of those things. There is one person in this organization that Jim Crane will never leave. Look, he let his golfing buddy Justin Verlander go. He's willing to let everybody go because everybody's got a price that he's not willing to pay. The one exception is Jose Altuve. He is the face that runs the place. He is the face of this golden era of Houston Astro baseball. And Jose Altuve has also been willing to do business with Jim Crane. He's accepted two contracts with the Astros. The first one was 
terrible contract for Jose Altuve. Yep. He won the MVP on very, very little dollars, and then the Astros took care of him and gave him a huge bump. I think Jim Crane wants Jose Altuve. I think Jose Altuve is willing to do business to stay here. I'm cashing this. Jose Altuve will only be a Houston Astro his entire career. Joseph? Yep, I'm going to... Oh, that was weird. Uh, I'm gonna, you've never called me Joseph before. I feel like I'm in trouble. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to cash this as well because... No one wants to see Dream in a Raptors jersey. That's so. It's that, the same thing. Yeah, the it really is. is. And it's so magnified because of that in this city. It's like Kobe staying with the Lakers or Dirk staying with the Mavericks or, or guys like that. It's so important to this city that as much as Jim Crane, you painted the perfect, that's exactly who he is. And he's a shrewd, shrewd businessman. But I think he knows for all the good that he's done and everything that's gone right for him since he's been owner of the Astros, this is one that they don't want to see go wrong, and he can't afford to have go wrong for him. And I think it's the only one the fans don't really forgive you for. I mean, everyone's moved on from Springer and Correa and all these guys. And it's okay. Like, eh, Altuve? I'll push back on that. Like, if you let Altuve walk and you win the World Series that year, you're forgiven. That's forgiven, true. But, but the thing That's is, true. you're forgiven short term. But I think long term, there's still we know we're still talking about Dream wearing that ugly purple pinstripe Raptors uniform for one year. But Rock, it's a little I different. Like Rockets didn't win a World a Series though, you know, like or NBA final. Um, I wrote this one down on Sunday. The Dolphins, not the Jets, are the AFC East Star Course contender. That one feels a little different today, so I'm not going to use that one. Uh, how about NFL teams should not have bands? What are we doing, Baltimore? Why do you have a marching band at an NFL game? Well, the Texans even got rid of their bullpen yeah. band, right? They used to let them mm-hmm. sit right down there on the field behind the visiting bench, and then they started selling those seats instead and realized there was more profitability, and they got more run out of it. So Baltimore has their own band? They have a marching band. It's not like... They were wearing the boss, They were wearing the Baltimore Ravens gear. Because like, I think it's cool if you bring in like a local yeah. college to have them do it. That's like, fine. And you can have a different college every home game. That's cool with me. I think having your own is a little weird. You should not have a band if you're an NFL team. I'm cash. Can I also say, to add to that, you should not have the, the college closest to use cheerleaders as your cheerleaders if you're an NFL team. You need team. a real cheerleading team. Yeah. I agree Green with that. Bay uses the University of Wisconsin Green Bay cheerleaders on the sideline, and that is not acceptable. Now, they put them in Green Bay cheerleader costumes? No. They wear Wisconsin? They wear UW-Green Bay uh, gear. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be it's bad ridiculous. if they were Packer they may, I don't know if they still do it, but uh, as of like a year or two ago, they were still doing that. Yeah. And the Packers were a great team with all this money in this franchise. I mean, come on. Get with the program and get in the I real day and age. I wouldn't mind if they did that, but they gave them Packer gear because we would never know the difference. Yeah, it's just, but I, if they're wearing Badger gear, that's weird. Oh, I think you would. That's You'd still also know the difference. There's uh, there's two NFL teams that stay have, insulated in Green Bay in the wintertime. I'm just telling you. Two NFL teams with marching bands. Baltimore Ravens and the Washington Commanders. Commanders? Just two. It must be at that area because those are right by each other. Yeah, they are. That's weird. That is strange because... I'm just trying to think of who else. As of a couple of years ago, there were still several teams. What the, the 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 Texans disbanded the bullpen marching band. I don't remember that about, lasting that long. I, I think it was in the last five years. Oh, I think it's been longer. Maybe than COVID that. affected that, but I think that Let's it see. was. Yeah, maybe 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 you're right. Maybe it's more like seven years. But I know that they, they were there for quite a while. They had tryouts and everything, just like they did for the cheerleaders. Huh. I don't know when it ended, but I, NFL teams should not have bans. All right, what do you got, Joe George? Uh, the Daniel Jones contract is the worst in the NFL, and it's not going to change anytime soon. Was it his fault or the offensive line? Both. I the offensive line was awful. 
the worst? Terrible. I think it's the worst contract in the NFL. Mm. Is Tyrod Taylor that much worse than Daniel Jones? What was what was the deal? What a was what was Jones's contract? Yeah, like thirty five million dollars a year, didn't he? But how so. many years? I think it was four or five. I, I think look, they made the playoffs a year ago, and he didn't look bad. Four years, four, four years, years, forty 60. million. I, I just think that they got to be better. They got to be better blocking for him. Because we talked about that game got out of hand in a hurry. I, I don't think he's that bad, but I also understand that he he might not be worth that much. Yeah. But what else were they were gonna do? I'm gonna what, trash what they gonna do? I'm gonna trash this. Trash. I wouldn't have paid Daniel Jones this money. I would have just probably moved on because I don't think Daniel Jones is very good. But it's not a worse contract than Russell Wilson. Right? That's fair. Russell Wilson, $48 million, five-year deal. He's in his 30s. And they traded Kyler for him. Murray, maybe? Kyler Murray's one that I'm torn on. I think Kyler Murray's a better player. Murray's a better player than Daniel Jones, I think. He I think should super, be. Me, I think he's more I, talented than I think he's more. Jones. He's definitely got a better skill set, but will he, will he focus on it? Is it a worse contract than Deshaun Watson? Most Boy. guaranteed money ever? Yeah, Deshaun did look $230 great $230 million? Dollars? And those are probably right now the bottom three. Yeah, I've been adamant on the fact that I didn't think he was ever going to get close to where he was before all this happened. He, he doesn't look so good right now. Ryan? The, the, the Haslam family, that might that might be a, a tough one right there. Ryan Tannehill gets 29 and a half a year? But he's done, though. That's where it's a little bit different, I feel yeah, like, Yeah, it's for not him. a new contract. Like Daniel Jones, these guys, they still have time left. I mean, It's like, up there. The Broncos... Would owe like forty five million dollars in dead cap if they cut Russell Wilson after this year. I'm gonna go Russ and then Daniel Jones and so, then Deshaun. So it's a yeah. I probably go. I, get, to, I probably go Daniel Jones ahead of Deshaun. Like Deshaun, I think I think the Browns are a playoff team, but but not because of Deshaun right now. No, I I think it's I think it's Russ, it's Deshaun, and then it's Daniel Jones. Yeah, I don't have a huge fight over that. Yeah, that's, I mean it's probably the top three. Key from L.A. Cash your trash. Your team from the Pac-12 will win the college football championship this year. Trash it. Trash. There's just, I mean, look, right now it looks great because of all the teams they have in the top 25. Mm-hmm. But, but they tell have me, too many. Yeah, but tell me, and tell me which one is dominant enough. USC would be the answer. USC would be the answer. I'm going to trash it too because I don't believe that USC has a good defense. Trash. I think they're going to lose too many games because of their defense. But USA, yeah, USA. USC is the highest ranked team in the Pac 12. Yeah. Uh, I think that I'm sorry. That's my bad because I keep thinking USC's already gone. Yeah, I mean that league's going to die next year. Yeah, uh, Colorado I think is going to have attrition issues. Like they don't have many scholarship players, and I think it's going to catch up with them at the end of the year, or like, like by this the end week? of the year. Who they have? Uh, Oregon. Mm, that's going to be a good game. And then USC. I think it's a nine thirty game too, isn't it? Colorado. I, I think it's late. I think it's a late game. You think it, the, these you think TV are crazy. is, is open tonight. for an undefeated Colorado taking on USC? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. No, that's in, that's or, the Oregon game's in two weeks because they're playing uh, Colorado State this weekend and game day is going. That's on. right. It's Colorado State. Yeah, they're play, yeah. So it's, it's the following week is Oregon and then USC. These schedules are crazy. Like, you make an argument for Washington. Their last four games right now are against four ranked teams. It's USC, Utah, Oregon State, Washington State. Now, it's, I think the Pac-12 champion is going to be in. I think they'll be in the playoff. I, yeah. I yeah. kind of lean that they're not because mm. I, I'm i wondering if you're going to see a bunch of two-loss teams at the end. SC and Georgia beat each other up. should be the favorites to take two of those spots right now. Yeah, Texas is probably up there too. Texas because of their schedule too. I, I would bet you the betting favorites right now would be Georgia, Texas, USC, SC. maybe... Michigan, Florida State. Oh, Michigan, probably, probably See, Michigan. I, Michigan's I, loaded. Like yeah. I would bet on Ohio Florida State, State over Ohio State, Michigan, because Ohio State does have big time quarterback issues. They don't play Michigan for a while. Yeah, Florida and, State. And I mean, has the loaded. LSU win. You guys said that earlier. They are loaded. Yeah. They're so loaded. It's ridiculous. How, I can't believe how loaded they are. It still makes my brain hurt 
I was looking at a mock draft today. And the people still have J.J. McCarthy going in, like, top six. I'm like, what football do you watch? You don't I like don't, McCarthy? Not that way. I haven't seen enough of them. From what I've seen. I, I have seen I Shadur Sanders that, in the that, first round. That level of impressed with him, I can tell you that. Can I squeeze in one more here? Sure. The Ravens, Eagles, or Dolphins should go all in and trade for Jonathan Taylor. Ravens, Eagles, Ravens or Dolphins? Ravens, for sure, after losing Dolphins. Go all Dobbins. in. Go all in, trade for him. I, I think that I, I, we talked about that the day, the day that uh, they lost, the day after the Texans game, that they should look at Jonathan Taylor. That, that to me... Is a slam dunk. I think Philly's got enough runners that I they'll don't be know, fine. Man. Their runners stink. They started Kenneth Gainwell. Like DeAndre Swift had like one carry, and they they healthy and active. Rashad. Who's the other one? The Dolphins. The Dolphins. Well, can you imagine Taylor in that offense? With, I can't. With all those guys. Yeah. Could Daniel? you exactly? Ooh, that boy. that offense would be explosive. I would. Yeah, if, yeah, I, 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 explosive. Two of the three for, for sure. Saw cash. Yeah. From like a fantasy football perspective, I want to watch. I want to see that so bad. All three have so to make break calls. a scoreboard. They better. Uh, first rounder. There you go. All right. 713-780-ESPN. When we return, let's let's have some fun with the Aaron Rodgers. Whenever we have to laugh so we don't cry. I'm not crying. A reading of Fine. you should be crying. A reading of sad tweets from I love the Big Apple for life. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 925. Hey, before we go to the break, tell you about Apollo Men's Health again. Look, Apollo Men's Health takes care of you on a daily basis. When you're having a hard time taking care of yourself, you don't have the energy you once had. Maybe you're struggling from the boardroom to the weight room to the bedroom. People, as they get older, have struggles that they never have experienced before, and then they start wondering, will I ever be the same again? Well, with Apollo Men's Health, you can because they take care of you. Men and women are in there all the time reaping the benefits of getting involved in hormone therapy and understanding that it brings more energy on a daily basis so you can get more things done and feel better for throughout your day and your evening, if you know what I mean. And, and that's fantastic. The fact is, is they constantly are worried and concerned and helpful for their patients because they care. And that's so big and so important when you're dealing with things about your own life and health. Check them out today, ApolloMH.com. Look at their website. See if there's services that they offer that might be beneficial to you. If there is one or two, sign up for an appointment right there online. When you do, you'll find out. These people truly care, but they got to get to the bottom of what the issue is. You got to be honest with them. You got to tell them what they're what, what they're dealing with. They'll get you on a program that works. They'll get you the results that you need, and you're going to feel better right away. It's absolutely fantastic. Mention my name, Joel Blank. Get a free B12 shot or a free body composition analysis on your first official visit. We're going to be there live at their newest location in League City, coming up real soon on Monday. Therefore, check us out and check them out at the same time. You get killed two birds with one stone. It's the Killer Bees. Uh, terrible news yesterday. Aaron Rodgers comes out of the tunnel at MetLife. Everybody's crying in tears that they finally have a quarterback. And Dwayne Brown gives up a sack and his Achilles pops. I was hoping, look, I don't want Rodgers to be hurt. I was hoping for a moment that because they took him to get the x-ray that the trainers couldn't feel that it was torn, the Achilles, because they can tell like that. You can t- you can feel the Achilles and you know immediately that it's torn most of the time. Same thing with the ACL. It rolls up the back of your leg. Yeah, it's like a rubber band, and then all of a sudden it's real loose and Demico saggy. Did it here? Yeah, you can tell like that. Like as soon as you're out of the medical tent, you can tell that an Achilles is torn. You can tell that an ACL is torn almost immediately. So I was hoping because he went to get X-rays, like okay, maybe they ruled out the Achilles tear and they're checking to see if there's a broken bone. Turns out they knew it was an Achilles tear because they knew that he had it before the MRI today, but they were also checking to see broken bone. Yeah, because I kept looking initially to see if he had sprained an ankle. And look, for everybody that was texting and texting me and messaging me and asking me, I don't wish pain and injury on anyone. And I did not wish for Aaron Rodgers to get hurt, and it sucks that he did. 
and, and I happened to not have been in the house or watching TV and started getting texts and, and, and messages on, on Twitter from people saying, oh, my God, can you believe it? And, I, and I, quite honestly, I was just like, that really sucks for him. With all the hype, it sucks for the league. It sucks for the Jets franchise. It actually sucks for the Packers because their draft pick's not going to be a first-round pick anymore. It's going to be a second-round pick. That's why I told you before the break, you should care about this. Right, no. Because you lose a a round. I was was listening to Kyle Brandt do an interview, and he said he was at the game last night. He left shortly after the injury. And because of the storm, that people got to the game late. He said he saw this like family of five all in Rodgers jerseys. Oh, no. And none of them knew when they walked in the stadium that Aaron oh, Rodgers had no. got hurt. So all of a sudden, the first thing they see is Zach Wilson taking snaps at quarterback. Oh, it's five no. players that's, again. Uh, here's like, some, uh, that's brutal. We're playing Jake Odorizzi's music. Yeah, we are. We are. We're going to oh, read. Is that what Jake Odorizzi's music that's was? What we used yeah. to play for We him, used yeah. to play that for over easy. Everybody played Ido. Yeah. Let's read sad tweets from definitely, this is no one, this is I love the Big Apple for life. This isn't somebody else. This is I love the Big Apple for life. We're reading tweets from the injury to, to today from I love the Big Apple for life. I've been trying to find words to describe my emotions sitting here, and I don't have any. Speechless. The defense, as usual, played its tell off, but none of it matters with Rodgers out. I'm going numb. Crowd has been amazing tonight. It's just disgusting what rooting for this franchise gets you. This is 2022 Jets all over again. I can't do this S-word again. This is the worst. Down one score, and it feels like the Jets are down 20. The Bills are so darn lucky Aaron Rodgers got hurt. Josh Allen's been terrible. The Jets would be destroying them tonight. Zach Wilson would be the QB for at least the next few games. But Joe Douglas needs to add someone. Jacoby Brissett is a name I would like to see the the Jets add. I can't sleep. I'm absolutely gutted. I feel especially terrible for Aaron Rodgers personally. He didn't deserve this BS, just like we didn't as fans. Just no words to describe the feeling. Hashtag Jets. Still can't sleep. I'm broken inside. You are nuts if you think Aaron Rodgers retiring off of that. That's not who he is. I woke up and this Aaron Rodgers nightmare really happened. I'm gutted. Those are tweets from definitely I love the Big Apple for life. Sure it wasn't somebody else? It was definitely I love the Big La- Big Apple for life. Definitely. For the sake definitely. of sports entertainment. It was yep. definitely I love the 100%. Big Apple for life. Couldn't be anybody else. No. No, we wouldn't do that. No, we wouldn't no. see red. No, no. This is I love the Big Apple for life. His real-time tweets. After Aaron Rodgers tore his Wouldn't Achilles. Wouldn't be red, it. How about that from I Love the Big Apple for Life, though, saying that <laughs> you were nuts if you think Rodgers retiring off of that. That's not who he is. How do you know who Rodgers yeah, is? He played seriously. four snaps. He almost oh retired there. this offseason. <laughs> there are so game. many people that think they know him so well. Like, I... The only person who has even even AJ Hawk today on McAfee show is like I think he's going to play next year, but who knows? <laughs> no you- one would blame him if he walked, but his ego because he wants to win a second Super Bowl wants to I think is going to for- force him to try and go. But he's forty. Did you guys see the the Packers bar? Yeah. yeah. So if you didn't, so the, this Packers bar was doing a deal. If Aaron Rodgers loses and the Jets lose, you drink for free. So when Aaron Rodgers <laughs> got hurt, everyone in the bar started just pounding beers and then there's a live camera from one of the local news stations yep. in this bar as they're watching the Packers lose I mean the uh easy now the the Bills lose this game 
And everyone in the bar realizing that when they thought their they were drinking for coming. free, they have to pay their tab now. It's like one of the most genius promotions ever because if what happened last night, you just suckered these people into a ton of money. <laughs> My buddy, like me, from Wisconsin that was used to be a PD in this town, and he's in, he's in uh, Oklahoma City now, I think. But we were, ta- we were texting back and forth that was going on. I said, you know what's really sad is I believe that there is a – I don't know if it's a, a good portion of people, but there is a pocket of people back home that are loving this, that are, ex- that, that are ecstatic about this, and that's what's wrong with people today. Like, you don't you, – sure, you, it's okay to, to hope he doesn't play well for the way it all ended and what happened, it's, but it's not okay to be giddy about an injury. No, I was, I was pretty – like I, I was not happy about. I this. got him on my I, fantasy team. It same. didn't exactly I help lost me. To Jeremy, because yeah. of it. Yeah, he needed eleven points from Aaron Rodgers, and he got Ow. four plays into the game. That sucked. I, I I hate it from the entertainment avenue, like perspective. Like I wanted to see machine. Aaron Rodgers with the Jets, the incredible storyline. Can he lead the Jets to prominence? Can he get them to the playoffs? Now they're quarterbacked by Zach Wilson. Now they're quarterback like by they, Zach Wilson. Like their touchdown like their catch defense from, is really good. Oh my god, Garrett Unbelievable. Wilson's catch was ridiculous. He's like, a dude. I want to see that from Aaron Rodgers, not from Zach Wilson. Like it, it just and 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 honestly, from a viewing point, it kind of ruins the NFL. They have four more primetime games this year that we're going to be yes, stuck with. How I many can they flex out of? Yeah, they got to see if they can flex if they're late. Hopefully, a couple of them because I, I don't want to see Zach Wilson in primetime four times. Yeah, you know what's Hard good? Pass. It's good for Zach Wilson to get that win. And he didn't have to do anything in overtime, but at least he did enough that he didn't completely crap the bed for his how bad he was a year ago. But Zach Wilson's not the answer for that team. That that team is loaded up for for chasing the Super Bowl. Yeah, and they're going to have to find somebody. And some of the na- all the names that I've heard so far, are like ugh. they're going to have to. I mean, they're going to have to go San Francisco route and just win. Look, I think Brock Purdy is better than we think. But they're going to have to try to take that game out of Zach Wilson's hands. Now, that game yesterday is tough because you're playing in the whole week. Do you have Aaron Rodgers? You don't anticipate to use Zach Wilson. I think they can game plan, make him look a little bit better. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think Plus they're a playoff lucky. team in the AFC anymore. You get lucky that Josh Allen crapped the bed, too. He was awful. Maybe maybe it's not so lucky. I saw a stat that, like, the last seven games, Mac Jones has been better than, than Josh Allen, just for what it's worth. Um, do you think Rodgers is done? Do you think this is it? I don't. I, I just don't think his ego is going to let him. He wants to be like Tom Brady. He wants to do what Brady did and win another one, hell or high water, no matter how he can, he, he has the ability to do it. And it's also for him because it would be directly at Brian Gutenkunst, the GM of the Packers, to say, screw you, you could have still had me. Yep. I, I just don't think there's too much riding in his own mind to walk away. I, I don't think this is it either. I think he's back next year. Again, those tweets from I love the Big Apple for life. Do not check. That seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six Astros. They play the A's today, trying to even up the series. Seventeen games left to play. Lead the division by two. We think they're going to be an ALDS team. What is your playoff roster? Your playoff rotation, rather. Season ended today. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN ninety seven five and ESPN ninety two five.